1: Welcome to Bleachers and Speakers. I'm your host, June, and I got my NFC North comrades here with me, my FFSN affiliates from the Chicago Bears and Minnesota Vikings, and then there's Foster, just plain old Foster. But I'll let them introduce themselves and let them uh, talk a little bit about their, uh, where you can find and listen to them at. Uh, We'll start with you, Dave, because this is as good as a monologue I can get, and If you go right after that, it kind of like spruces everything
2: up. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. I'm Dave from Vikings First and Skull, where the Vikings are already moving into off-season mode. Rumors are flying everywhere. People need to take their time and dissect where the information comes from before going off the handle. And then Vikings Land, Vikings Twitter, all you got to do is go over there and watch, and it's absolutely hilarious and frustrating as fans get all sorts of panicked and worked up over the simplest of things. And we know that aren't going to happen, but it is what it is. Now we've got to figure out how to keep up with the Joneses in the division. And that means all three teams, the Packers, the Lions, and even the Bears look to be in better position than my Minnesota Vikings. But we'll get more into that after the season's over. First, we have playoff football to talk about. But I'm going to pass it off to Pay from the Windy City, representing the Bear Claw Podcast.
3: There is no playoff talk. <laughs> you passing it off this way? <laughs> I'm, I'm Pay from the Bear Claw Pod, also found on Fans First Sports Network. It's, as Dave said, we have a long off season ahead. The best thing going so far right now is there might be a little bit of hope around over the horizon, but I don't want to take up too much time. This is a, a playoff talk show. Let's talk about the playoffs.
1: Well, well, Foster, go ahead and introduce introduce yourself and, uh,
4: uh, it's uh, Foster. The other half uh, bleaches the speakers. Um, the other hosted Alliance uh, fans first network affiliate and uh, he's still alive. Still alive.
1: Yeah. Um, before we get into the current regime of who's in the playoffs and talk about the games, I have a question and I want uh, each of you to, to chime in on. There was a point in the season where Philly was ten and one, right? And they looked every bit of the team to beat. At one point, I want to ask you guys, and we can start off with Dave. What happened to Philly?
2: There were some some injuries, but I think it's. I think it's a mental thing, whether it's Coach Seriani or the team just had enough. It's the post-Super Bowl hangover. We all know that at least one team out of the two that go to the Super Bowl usually has a hangover the next year. Mm -hmm. Well, this year, the Eagles started out fast, and they looked almost unbeatable. But things started unraveling relatively early towards midseason. And we were watching, how are they keep winning these games? And that just took a toll, and eventually they didn't. And they started looking like garbage, and they got beat this last weekend. Yeah, started to unravel. Payne, what do you think about it?
3: I think the biggest thing they take from this is they lost both their coordinators at the last season. And mm-hmm. I think they got figured out. <laughs> I think the new the new people that took over on defense and on offense – they got figured out around the league, and they got figured out fast. Jalen Hurts had a regression. Um, every, in fact, everyone on the offense had a regression from from Hurts on down to Kelsey. I, I would I would leave maybe Swift and maybe AJ Brown out of that, but I think that was the biggest thing that like they they a what Dave said they had a regr- they had a little hangover. I think that was noticeable in the in the first month of the season. They just didn't have the same punches that they had last year. Maybe that was a little bit of a hangover. Maybe that was a little bit of, you know, they were smelling their own uh, stench. So, but as 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 the weeks went on, it it became fairly obvious that they didn't believe in the the play um, the plan on Sunday, and what the plan that they went out there with was not working against the defenses. Everyone had an answer for everything that they came. Came out there with. You can only do the tush push for so many times.
1: <laughs> um, I think they didn't have enough opportunity to do the tush push. Like that wasn't the issue. Like getting to the goal line was an issue. Uh, Foster, what do you think?
4: Um, I feel like there was definitely some. By the end of the year, there was definitely some coaching issues with the whole um, Patricia calling the plays and sending the one of the, sending that one guy up to the booth um you know maybe the, the <laughs> wait. Hold on. of CD you said
1: you said that one guy that? and i think you know who that one guy is and you just don't want to say his name he's he's who gone some talking, talking about as far as...
4: right he, yeah, he's, he's gone yeah, now yeah. Far. Yeah, we, we so we you should, can let it in, go means. but no nah,
1: <laughs> he's talking about Matt Patricia. Yeah, but yeah, That's I mean, he's Matt about Patrick, Matt he done, Yeah, he doesn't but want he to talk about Matt. Defensive plays. <laughs>
4: um, so yeah, yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like it had a lot to do. It had a lot to do with coaching. They obviously lost C.J. Gardner Johnson, and he was, um, you know, I don't think he's as appreciated. You know what he brings to the table, um, but yeah, it was, it was a mul- it was a multitude of reasons, and um, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah know, and, and that brings off
1: like that. that brings another team that I question because um, me and Foster Foster pointed out something, and they kind of they kind of backpedal to the end of the season and it was the ultimate the the demise. You guys might not want to give this their opponent uh any credit. We talking about Dallas Cowboys and what happened to them in the playoffs. <laughs> But uh, I didn't notice. <laughs> I didn't notice what a- actually happened to Foster. Pointed it out. If you look at it, uh, they had the win versus uh, the Lions. Uh, they lost to Miami. They lost to, um, what was the other team? The Bills. Buffalo. It was a bad lo- loss to the Bills. And, um, and they beat a Washington team. So it's like me watching this and thinking about like, hey, wait a minute. The, the past few games into the, at the end of the season didn't look very promising for them. They didn't look very good. Um, everybody looks good versus Washington, uh, unfortunately, this season. But uh, what do you think about Dallas, Dave? We, I mean, outside of the... <laughs> Can you elaborate on the choking? Uh,
2: Dallas had... Almost, what, 30 years now of bent up frustration where they fail in the playoffs. I didn't expect them to fail in the opening round of the playoffs this season, but I expected them to fail. They flat out couldn't put it together at all. They couldn't pull their heads out of their collective hind ends. And they look beat from the get go. You know, right after kickoff and that is so disappointing to all of us that were rooting for Dallas to actually win that game but it was sad now the question is it's been quiet in Dallas so far we have mm-hmm. not heard anything whether Jerry Jones is going to fire Mike McCarthy or not we don't Dallas, the thing with Dallas they've had what three back to back to back 12 win seasons, 13 win mm-hmm. seasons mm-hmm. and they're going one and out in the playoffs. That just that frustrates a fan base to no end. And it eventually leads to people being fired whether you might like it or not. Other teams would love to have that sort of record. But it's it's Dallas. Dallas wants to win. Jerry Jones would like to get another Super Bowl before he dies. And he's you know nearing that time period, so I it was That's a sad, sad, sad. affair,
4: it's rough. <laughs>
3: hey,
1: what is your take on the
3: Dallas Cowboys? Who who did it better? Reggie Miller or the Dallas Cowboys? Who who <laughs> choked? Wow. Yeah. I Dave, your sentiments are shared over this way, man. It was all the road for Dallas to finally get back to the championship game, a place they haven't been since '96, it was paved with gold. They had the youngest team in the league first round. They had another relatively young league, uh, um, team standing in front of them if Detroit had went ahead and uh, moved on as well. It was right there for them and they just fumbled. Not, they turned it over, not unlike how they did so many times this past weekend, but. That that was amazing. I think the Packers started, what they started the game twenty-four to nothing. Yeah, wow. It was. <laughs> and it was it. It was the the final score didn't tell didn't tell the whole story. No. It, <laughs> that, it the Packers that. had Close. no, no. It wasn't the Packers didn't ha- didn't break a sweat. That was an embarrassing type of loss. There's no way Mark McCarthy keeps his job. Uh, and the Pack and the uh, Packers
2: even pulled out their starters there towards the end of the game. They had to put them back in because yeah. it was getting a little too close for comfort, but they pulled them out for a whole section of time and they were playing backups. The score was so bad
1: Foster um for those that don't know, Foster is kind of like a Cowboys fan he likes that's if he there's a second team that's his. Mm-hmm. Foster, what do you, what do you, t- tell mo- tell us something about Dallas. What happened? Well
4: just, to, well, just to explain, I, you know, when you grow up and you first start watching football games, if you didn't watch nothing else, you watch the Thanksgiving games. So of course, mm-hmm. Dallas Absolutely. and Detroit always played, you know, I, like I, can and you I actually, you, and I actually supported them more post post, uh, like Aikman and Emmitt Smith and all that more in the Quincy Carter and rocket Ismail. Like, so that was mm-hmm. the right down. you know, that wasn't even the high That's how you know you're a real fan is if you can support them when they, you know, have jokers like that on the team. But um, at any any rate, um, yeah, they just were not prepared. Uh, They, yeah, out the gate, were didn't look like they belonged. Um, You know, for them to be at home and to have the type of, um, you know, a a semi favorable road for them to uh, trip out the gate like that. It was it was kind of crazy to see. I mean, everybody talks and jokes about how you know Dak Prescott and even back when Tony Romo was around, they were pretty good then too. That's always been the stigma is that they just no matter how well they play, they don't get the job done for whatever reason. So um, it was pretty. It it was kind of almost too um, fitting that you know, Dakota Prescott gets, you know, throws almost nearly two pick sixes. One of them, um, I don't know if it was the first, the first one was was down. Yeah, where he caught it and he got up and he kind of got touched. Barely. Yeah, so. He hit it with his leg. Right. And then the other one was obviously an actual pick six. I mean, it's one thing to throw an interception, but to throw it, interceptions, you know, in on your side of the fifty and to allow them to score on it, like that's, it doesn't get any worse than that. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the Packers, the Packers are rolling, uh, you know? I, yeah. I mean, which, this which, game which, wasn't even close. This wasn't even like, like, I think people expected, hey, if the, you know, the Packers may be able to hang or, you know, you know hang around for a half or two, but, um, but for them to pretty much Lay them out cold um, from the gate like that. It's interesting. That's all I can. I, I don't want to go too. I don't want to go too hard. F- well, for them in their defense, but,
1: but we, love was we, almost. We have,
4: we, which brings my next point,
1: which yeah, we, we have, have to grit our teeth and bear it. Uh, no oh. pun there, um, pay. But how good. Is Green Bay, and Dave, you can uh, give us, you can chime in on your thoughts on how good we Green Bay is, because the last part of the year, they've uh, they've looked apart.
2: Yeah, the first part they didn't. They looked way disjointed, and we were saying, (laughs) they're not going to have a third quarterback in a row. Well, now it looks like they're going to have that third quarterback in a row. Jordan Love, however, as brilliant as he can play, does have some of his, some bad moments as well. He did not get a lot of pressure against the Cowboys. That's going to change this weekend against the Niners because that Niner defensive line is ferocious. It's Mm -hmm. going to be interesting to see. How good are they? They're good enough to finish second in the NFC North. Now, will they be able to keep that next season? I don't know. They've got some offseason issues they're going to be looking at as well. But the fact that they found their quarterback, what well, looks like they found their quarterback, and he's under contract next year, I think they have a chance to go out swinging this weekend. But I'll give it just that, and the spread is so big. I would take them on the spread, but I'm not going to take them to win. Perry, I
1: I know it's not the most uh, pleasant thing, but can you chime in
3: on the Packers? Oh my goodness, man! (laughs) It's—I mean, on one hand, they are seven and two since uh, since Thanksgiving but if you look at the schedule it's it's not super convincing so i think that was that's a good reason as to why we kind of brushed it off um that, yeah spools go. yeah they they're winning some games they're stacking up some wins they still needed to win a game in week 18 to get get to where they are on the other hand Jordan Love did throw for 30 touchdowns he did mm. he, that is that's something you can't sniff at I, i'm not I don't remember the last time I've seen my quarterback do that. So it's a professional. I don't
1: professional Duke Said he was professional.
3: Yes. He looked, he definitely looked the part. He looked, he, he came in with his briefcase and got down to business. I, I, I cannot fault him on that, uh, the, how good are they? None of the metrics tell you that they're, I know that they're a good team. Everything. If if you're looking at this from a statistical and data analysis standpoint, nothing tells you that they're a good team. They're an average team. Maybe they call fire, you know, a little bit late. You know, that happens in football. You get on a roll and you know, things snowball. Or they're just catching teams at the right time. We shall find out s- <laughs> Saturday. Boss?
4: um yeah i mean i definitely share the the sentiments about the fact that they're catching fire at the right time and you know um yeah i think it's gonna be an interesting game i don't think that san francisco is world beaters um jordan love is jordan love is, is brock purdy better than jordan love are we are we are we willing to confidently say that um yes i, <laughs> I mean Guess, but who is Jordan Love throwing to? Can you name a
3: receiver? I can't, unfortunately. I mean,
4: I can name their their last names because they're on the back of the jerseys. But like going into the year, I don't think if you had not mentioned Christian Watson, I'd be like, he's got nobody to throw to. And now Aaron Jones is catching fire. Aaron Jones has been has been a problem as of recently, and that only bodes. in w- and, and when Love like a we we the first time we played him in Lambeau, we were able to get to him and he was all disoriented. But Jordan Love is a guy that if he that if he can find time, he makes it look rather easy. Like the way he's incorporated the Aaron Rodgers, you know, the the sidearm. I know I don't want to see that anymore because Stafford gave us enough of that last week, you know. So. If I had to put money on it in a straight up situation, I would probably lean towards 49ers, but I am a, I am a definitely a a proprietor of momentum and, and building on that week after week and, uh, in doing what they did to Dallas, you know, we can look at history and say, ah, they were supposed to, we didn't see that. We didn't see that. And, and. Now, i feel like sometimes when you're young when you're a young team you don't even know that you're supposed to be rattled in because you're just you're just playing and in the way that they're playing right now i don't think they're like oh we're going into san francisco i don't i feel like they're like nah we we're the, we're the best we're the best team in the nfc in their eyes And uh, you know the, the the sting of that thanksgiving game you said seven two since thanksgiving that is still I still feel that, and that was another game that that game was never close. That was a no. butt whooping from the gate, from the first snap. It was a I think the first snap, right? First drive, yeah. So um, yeah, the the metrics and the you know how you look at you know the, the where they're their rank, their defense ranks, and we probably couldn't have saw two pot near pick sixes within the metrics either. So. Sometimes, sometimes striking, you know, striking at the right time, it, it plays a factor. But eventually you 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 can definitely, you know, you, you hit a wall eventually in and, and this weekend. It may be that week, but I wouldn't be shocked if they, if they beat the 49 All right, let's
1: get to a break. And on the other side, we'll talk some more about uh, the remaining games left over in the playoffs. and we're back i want to talk about the remaining matchups in the playoffs um i don't have the list offhand but i can mention a game we can talk about foster if you can look up those games for me to see what's remaining but uh I know the very uh game we just talk let's talk about Lions versus Tampa Bay. Um and there's uh no whole no punches held or anything. Tampa Bay did a magnificent job versus uh uh Philly especially in the second half. I want to know uh and we'll start with Pay this time. Pay, what's your thoughts on this upcoming game Tampa Bay at Detroit?
3: I do like I I, I love what what this um, rebirth story from Baker, you know, a lot of a lot of people don't, especially football players, they don't deserve, you know, these type of uh, re reborn, you know, uh, rise from the Phoenix type of arcs. But Baker put it all put it all on the line in a contracts year for the team that drafted him number one. And it just didn't work out for him. He crapped out. He was almost, he was doing scout team defense with uh, Carolina. He was, uh, he was about to be out of the league. And then he, 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 he got, he got, he got wind. He's, he's caught it back and he, he's balled out. He is, he played, he's played an amazing game. You should have had 400 yards passing against Philadelphia. They, I mean, it, it was, he was that lightning hot. Um, however going into this game i think the the challenge is is a lot more difficult we talked about philly we don't think philly was up to the task we think philly was ready i think they they already checked into their cancun hotels to be honest with you um (laughs) detroit you you all saw that uh you all saw that locker room uh celebration after that after that win uh, the general manager. I'm I'm blanking on his name right now. Dan Campbell. So much energy in there. They are they are here for blood. They don't want they don't want to stop this party no time soon. Partying like it's 1957. Tampa's got it. Tampa's got <laughs> a bigger challenge on their hands because Detroit's going to come. <laughs> Pause. The Detroit's offense. It is so potent. I don't know if Tampa Bay can withstand that and go and return fire on the other end. It's it was a, it's a great story for Tampa. I'm happy they won the South. They, out of all those things, they deserved it the most. But it's 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 a I, I can't imagine a, a a cogent argument to have them into the championship game. Hmm.
2: The, close, the closest argument would be can the Detroit Lions secondary hold up to what is sure to be a relatively high-flying attack against them by said Baker Mayfield, and I agree with you, Pay. I think his story this year has been fantastic. But you're right about the energy. The energy from the fans was remarkable. They're showing people cutting away to – this man is ninety-three years old and he's hasn't seen a winning game since nineteen fifty-seven. And you know, and he's and he's in the stands and he's smiling and he's crying and it's just it was it's a wonderful story for Detroit. It's it's gonna be hard for them to come into Detroit and spoil the day. The only way that's gonna happen is if Detroit starts Reading too many of their press cl- own press clippings, which I don't think Dan Campbell is going to allow them to do, but I think Detroit's on a mission, and I think they should defeat Tampa Bay this weekend. And the Baker Mayfield story is fantastic. He'll get himself probably a starting quarterback contract, and he'll be a starting quarterback either in Tampa or someplace else this coming up next season. Yeah. But. I think the the roar will continue as we watch Detroit win this weekend in advance to the NFC Championship game.
1: Foster, how do you feel about this matchup?
4: I'm feeling good. Um, I'm really excited about the fact that we were able to get that second home game back. Um, things really kind of fell into place as far as that's concerned. Um, we're going to go, going up against a team that we already faced at their house, they only gave up six points to them. Um, their offense looked really, looked really good last week. Um, overall, their passing attack is kind of middle of the pack. Um, Eagles were not able to tackle at all. I think that if, if they, a lot of the yards they gave up were after the catch, where they just plain were not able to wrap up. Um, Tampa Bay is last in the league in um, running the ball. We're already pretty tough against the run anyways, but um, I mean, I think that makes things easier on us. I feel like we can really um, pin our ears back and get after Baker Mayfield. The pass rush was kind of shaky last week. Um, Hutch did get two sacks, but not too much of anything else happened. Ali McNeil did get home a couple of times and, um, you know, hurt, Stafford a couple of times, you know, he hurt his hand one time and then I think Hutch hit him into hit into McNeil and he nearly probably had a concussion on that play. Um but as far as what my biggest concerns are, is Tampa Bay does get after the quarterback. They got Kalaja Cansey. they got um Devontae David and um so they they're pretty tough up front and and they're pretty pretty tough against the run. So that's what i fo- well, that's what I see as being our biggest uh, concern is, is going up against their front. But we got one of the better offensive lines in the game. Um, lastly, even well, yet and still in that game that, that we won twenty to six, we had a lot of guys injured in that game. Uh, we had some depth on the defensive line that was injured. Jameer Gibbs was hurt. Um, Sam Laporta was questionable. Brian Branch was out. Um, so we were pretty shorthanded in that game as is, and um, when, when it comes down to it, I think that once again the home, home field advantage is definitely going to be a major intangible um, for us. Because if, if it was loud for the Stafford game, obviously that was a very emotional and nerve-wracking, anxiety-filled game um, with all that was on the line with that. But it's going to be even cra- it's going to be even crazier um, this weekend, and. Uh, yeah, they, I think the Bucks are going to get theirs as usual. As far as um, as far as getting some pass yards on on our secondary, um, that <laughs> looks you know got burnt a couple times. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but I Feel like, but I almost feel like that's still chemistry between um, C D Deuce and Cam Sutton. Um, the lack thereof working against us. And I, I think that we're still, we're, we're, we're building and, 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 um, and, and we're, we're, we're building that, we're building that momentum going downhill. So, yeah. All
3: right. What are the AFC matchups for this week? yeah? Uh, Houston Texans uh, play Baltimore, to open, the round on Saturday afternoon. Okay. Let's talk and- about that.
1: Let's, We'll get to the next game, but let's talk about the Houston Texans, which I was thoroughly impressed uh, in their uh, their first playoff game, and versus uh, Baltimore, right?
2: Uh-huh.
1: Pay, I'm gonna let you start it off. Uh, what do you think about this matchup here? Ooh, this
3: is a good one. This is a, this is the most interesting game of the weekend, in my in my opinion. The presumptive favorite for MVP. Lamar Jackson uh, at home against the presumptive Offensive Rookie of the Year uh, winner, C.J. Stroud, after they just annihilated the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Again, another one of those games from last weekend that was never close. C.J. Stroud looks every bit the dog that he has, that the stats show you. Three touchdowns, real easy stuff going on over there. Baltimore's got their work cut out for them. I've been saying on other channels throughout the season on fans first sports network that I actually think Baltimore's defense is number one. I know Cleveland, they went I pretty much wire to wire statistically as the best defense. But I also I always thought Baltimore was really the actual best defense out out there. They've been hell on quarterbacks all season. And now <laughs> see, that young man's going to put them to the test. It's, It's going to be a very interesting game. Um, Houston, Texas. Their defense for them for everything that they've uh, accomplished, their defense doesn't get the type of mention that their offense does. Stingley, uh, Will Anderson, and the rest of those guys—they are—they are are not to be trifled with. So Lamar, you know, he's got this. He's got a lot of pressure coming into this uh, playoff round as well. Not as much as um, Josh Allen and. Dakota as Foster called him not as much pressure as they had but he had, he's got only got one playoff see, uh, win so far in his career and he might and he probably he might have more mvp awards than playoff wins as of right now so the, the detractors they're still circling around even though he had a great season they're still circling those buzzards they are, they, they are circling mnt stadium and like waiting on him so he's got to show out Dave, how do you like this matchup? Uh,
2: I think Baltimore is going to take it. As great as C.J. Stroud has been as a rookie, and by golly, he has been, it's fantastic to see a rookie quarterback do this well, especially one from Ohio State. Um, But I think he's going to get to Baltimore. They play outside in the weather. The weather isn't going to be very nice. It's not like playing in Houston under a dome. I think that may affect them a bit, just like the Baltimore defense. I think it's going to be a relatively close and entertaining game. I look forward to watching it, but I think Baltimore is going to walk away with this one.
3: If it's a close game, that puts all the pressure back on Baltimore because they, again, these are things that I've been saying all season. They will be undefeated if they didn't beat themselves. They let that team hang around. You can be on the lookout. Hmm. That's why it's can't miss football.
2: (laughs) Got to be able to watch it.
4: Foster. Yeah, you guys uh, covered that pretty well. Um, Yeah, I think that going into Baltimore in the second round, that's going to be a lot um, for a rookie quarterback to um, overcome. Um, He's already gotten a lot of, praise around the league from veterans, you know, that, you know, he's advanced and far beyond his years. Um, and I'm definitely pulling for him. You know, I don't necessarily want to see Baltimore again. So, um, you know, do your thing, young man, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it's, it, it, it's hard for me to, to think that he would be able to, uh, um, with withstand everything that Baltimore's got, they are tough. It's a tough team.
1: Okay, okay. And the uh, the other AFC matchup, and I believe that's Kansas City versus who who do they play?
2: Buffalo. The Buffalo. Bills. Ooh, and that's a Buffalo. rematch. Buffalo.
1: Uh, hey, tell me about this matchup. What do you think?
3: Personally, I'm tired of these two teams playing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Every time,
3: yeah, man. Every every time they play, you know, the loser gets everybody get the up in arms, and now they got to change the rules just just because of these two teams. I'm 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 about tired of it. But if Buffalo was ever going to beat Kansas City, it would have to be now. Yeah. If if anybody had a shot of dethroning Kansas City. It needs to be Buffalo in this round, because if you let them build up enough inertia and get into the championship game somewhere, they do not, they do not deserve to be. If you look at their season as it's been so far, a championship team, they are not, (laughs) but if you let them get to get that playoff mojo going, you know, get those, get those juices flowing, look out. They They might, they might just mess around and repeat. Um, well, but on the same side, same side of that token, Buffalo has not been the same team as they've been in years past as well. Both teams, both teams are are not that not that great. Um, the one thing that's working in Buffalo's favor now they have home field advantage. Now they've run, they've decided to run the ball a lot more. The only thing is the same thing has always killed Buffalo, the whiskey, the whiskey tango foxtrot from Josh Allen. Those type of you know, what are you doing plays? Turn the ridiculous turnovers, things like that. Even from James Cook, they're running back. Um, if can if they go out there and do that same stuff out there in the cold and Kansas City capitalizing as a as a champion does, look out. hmm Dave.
2: It's the first time that Patrick Mahomes is not playing a home game in the playoffs. Mm. <laughs> Ever. Interesting. Ever. And that, that to me is very interesting. And I agree with you, Pay. Kansas City sort of doesn't deserve it. They haven't had the quality team this season. They need wide receivers that can actually catch the ball. Travis Kelsey um, looks a little washed, or at least whipped, but... Um, cool. And uh, we're going to get that in the booth also because she's supposed to be there on Sunday. She's supposed to be there for the rest of the playoff run for the Chiefs. And she's good for football. I admit that. But they do not. They're not the same team they were. Whereas Buffalo, who usually starts out on fire looking great and then sputters down at the end and they all start bickering at each other. Well, this year is sort of a reversal of that. They started bickering at each other at the beginning, and then suddenly they put it together, and they're playing very good football. So June is right. If, if there's a time for Buffalo to beat Kansas City, it's now. It'll be this Sunday. Hmm. And it's going to be 21 and windy. I don't see feet and feet of snow. Let's see. What is it? Let me make sure that's the case. Saturday or Sunday, 26, partly cloudy. wind Wind's 11 miles an hour. So it should be a, a balmy day in Baltimore or in Buffalo. Not too bad. Not for this time of year. No. No.
1: Considering it was, what, negative 30 in Kansas City last weekend. Foster.
4: Yeah, the Bills. Um, I think they're more. Yeah, I, th- I think home home field advantage is definitely going to be a major key. Even though it wasn't very warm in Kansas City, or it was it was freezing in Kansas City for their game. But I think that their their style of play, um, the Bills is is much more conducive to their elements. Um, they got. Um, I think they have the edge running. You know, running the ball. I don't think Pacheco is kind of a cold weather inside the tackles guy um and i think that um they got the they got the two-headed monster at tight end the K- and Knox. i think that they um i think the Knox have two I, they each had touchdowns i don't know if, if one had but they each had touchdowns um and I, I think that just screams that you know blue collar you know hard-nosed footballs when you can get your, your tight end the ball and um, yeah, I think they'll be able to control it. And then their their quarterback is a runner in itself. That 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 run that fifty two yard run he had, where um, he bounced off the defender and got in the end zone. They didn't even wanna they didn't even wanna catch it. I mean, Allen's a pretty fast dude, but it was like, eh, I I don't, I don't even wanna bother trying to you know run up on this dude. So um, I, I think that that will bode well for them. And yeah, it's definitely a major adjustment that. Uh, that the Chiefs would are gonna have to make on the fly, and with Kelsey, um, you know, looking like he's I wouldn't say in the highlight of his career, but just very um, not you know not like himself uh, this year, and you know you just don't know what they're gonna get from their receivers uh, between Rice and Rice had a pretty good game, but Rice and uh, the dude from the Giants, what's his name? Let's start with a T. The last name starts with a T, but he's been oh, dropping. Kadarius Tony.
3: Tony. Yes. He did us been... a favor in our I, game. <laughs> I, I thought he. I, I, wasn't he cut? Is he gone? He might be.
4: He might be. Uh, yeah, he wasn't. He didn't. He didn't have a stat, so he may be cut. But you know that that speaks volumes in it in itself. It looks like Rice. Well, yeah, Rice and Kelsey had most of catches last game. But anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that yeah, they they just don't have enough weapons and the bills are more equipped for the the personnel in that in that particular scenario.
1: Let's get to a quick break and then we'll wrap this up with the last uh uh prediction for the for the weekend there. <laughs> I think we chimed in a little bit uh, about the uh, Packers in San Francisco before, I, um, but uh, just just to make sure, what are your predictions on this, uh, this game in particular? Uh, what do you see happening? And we'll start off with Dave. Packers at San Francisco.
2: I think the Packers' dream ends in San Francisco. They're going to come. There's always the debate for the number one seats. Is it rest or is it rust? And I think they've got some good rest. I think they're going to be ready. They're going to be schemed up. And the defensive line of the Niners is just going to demolish love. It's going to be a bad and sad day for those that live in cheese land.
4: Hmm. Foster. Um, yeah, if I, if I had to bet money, I, I would bet it on, you know, San Francisco having extra time to get healthy and prepare. Um, but we will see cause I'm, I'm not really that conf- confident in, in just writing Green Bay off.
3: Hey, San Francisco is a playoff experience team. I, I doubt, they would be a rusty squad. They did play their guys majority of the time during week 18. Um, this is so I'll take week 19 as a just a a bye week. Extra time for the coaches to get all the information they need and to have their guys prepared to go out there and smoke that cheese. They are going to go ahead and take care of business, I think. I don't want to be too disrespectful. Let me, I'll just say 14, 14 points margin.
1: Okay. Okay. I think that's all the matchups we have for this weekend. Um, We talked about the matchups. We talked about uh, the teams that fell off earlier. Just a quick recap of what we talked about. And uh, we have, we don't have a green Bay affiliate here, but we do not want to go without talking about the bears in Minnesota going forward. Um, so we talk about this, we talked about this a couple of times pay and I just, I'm just curious. I've, I've been watching the mock drafts and I don't know if you paid attention, but what are you seeing and what direction do you think you're going with Justin Fields as far as, uh, the draft is concerned? Me personally, I'm kind of scared of Justin Fields ceiling. It's just a matter of him getting there, but you can chime in on your thoughts about your team there.
3: Well, the as far as the Bears, the only news the Bears have to contribute to the NFC North this week is Caleb Williams declaring for the draft. Once that once that domino fail, we can start putting the plan into action as far as what we do for the draft. But before all that, the Bears need to hire some coaches. They only have three coaches on staff at this point. Number one, the most important is the offensive coordinator. Um, That's going to determine largely where the Bears go in this this draft. Um, They've had some names in the building so far, the most notably Greg Roman, former San Francisco Niners and Baltimore Ravens offensive coordinator. Why is that important? That kind of points you to believe that the Bears are considering keeping Justin on. Yeah. If you remember Colin Kaepernick had his best season with Greg Roman as his offensive coordinator, Lamar Jackson's MVP season had Greg Roman as his offensive coordinator. So, yeah, the, it, 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 um, it's kind of, it, a lot of people in the, in the bear lands thinks like, okay, if they do mess around and hire Greg Roman, we understand where this is going. Um, As of right now, they have not hired anybody. Greg Roman had one interview. They have not decided that they were going to bring him back for another one. Uh, What I see them doing, I don't see them making a decision anytime soon. I see they stringing this out for as long as they can, maybe get some more teams out of the playoffs, get some more interviews available just to cross all the T's and dot all the I's, which they should, something they should be doing. Try to get the best man available for the job, and and that will be somebody who can sell them on the direction. I, I feel that po- Ryan Poles is leaning more towards Caleb Williams, but as you all know, in a job interview, you need to sell yourself on you know um, for your for that for that role, and if somebody comes in there and sells them their their vision of Caleb Williams or Justin Fields, whichever the case, that will be the guy that they hire. Uh, like I said, so we shall see. Once they hire how offensive corner, you can very much, you know, draw your conclusions from that about where they go in the draft.
2: Well, what you guys have, which none of us do, is you have five picks in the top 100 as of right now, which is mm. sweet. Mm. It's a good draft coming up too. Lions have four. Packers have what do they have? They have three. And the Vikings have two. Hmm. Yeah, it's
1: a good draft. Um, Dave, hmm. direction Vikings. I mean, I know you have a whole show that's going to talk about it, but you give us a <laughs> yeah a tonight at
2: of- the real four show. We're discussing. What are the biggest needs of the Vikings? Because there's a lot of holes. Uh, the direction. Well, you can of talk about, uh,
1: instead of the needs, you can talk about your your personal, uh, you have two picks. Personally, you can talk about the, the picks that you'd like to see Minnesota get.
2: Well, presently, we sit at 11. If we want one of the top QBs reported in the draft, we're going to need to move up. But that will be at a heavy cost. Do we want to do that? Or do we want to sit where we are and target one of the top edges, right? Because we need pass rush badly. And then see who falls to us at 42. Maybe we get J.J. McCarthy at 42. A lot of people think he'll probably get drafted in the first round. The best would be to sit there, go through the bottom of the first round, and try to get back in. Uh, But it all depends on what they plan to do with Kirk Cousins, And, but I'd like to see our QB of the future, no matter what, and how the Vikings are going to make this decision is going to make or break this current administration. They've only been on the job for two years, but they need to figure out, do they go with the quarterback of the future? Whoever that is, I'd love Jaden Daniels, Um, but, or do they go same old, same old, and just chalk up this season to a bunch of injuries. I don't know. Most of the fans don't know. That's what drives everybody crazy.
1: Right, right. Uh got a comment i like to read. Uh Richard Bossler says Lions have the strongest momentum of all the teams. Reminds me when the Red Wings won the cup in nineteen ninety seven. Uh yeah, it's pretty good momentum. Green Bay has uh their momentum is me and Foster talked about uh, is is going pretty good from a momentum standpoint. Foster, um, we, we we're not going to leave this without talking about the Lions gets. Me and Foster got a show we're going to talk about. We're going to have our own little mock draft coming up. So, but uh, on bleachers to speakers, yes, yes, definitely a beat on bleachers to speakers.
2: I'll have
1: to
2: tune into that one. Tune
1: into that one. Tune in that one. It's going to take a, it's going to be after the season and it's going to probably take us a couple weeks to, oh, about a week to do the research and stuff like that. So, but me and Foster is going to do a whole show. It's not going to be the entire draft. It's just going to be a a composite of the draft picks we're going to pick uh, from where we stand. And we're going to use other mock drafts to kind of figure out who's going to be left and try to narrow it down and and come to uh, uh, an agreement on who we think the Lions should pick with their four picks. But Foster.
2: Who's available at number 32? Right.
1: <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> right. Well, Foster, uh, glaring needs for the Lions. Me and you have talked about this, uh, and I think those needs are still prevalent. So, But you can still chime in on, uh, what do
4: you think the Lions should look for in this draft? Uh, 100%. Oh. 100% a cornerback. Um, I think that's a definitely quite the you know consensus. Um, uh, at halfway through the year, we said, okay, Jerry Jacobs isn't the guy on the other side. But Cam Sutton, we can count on Cam Sutton. Cam Sutton has had some struggles um, as of late. Um, and not at the best time, but um, yes, it, we definitely need to get some um, assistance in the way of, of cornerbacks, whether it's the draft. Um, I'd, love, I'd love to see us a, a, go get one early on in the in the draft, um, but I'm not opposed to us re looking into signing some in free agency. Obviously, Mosley played one game and I think one or two plays in um, ended up. Terrence ACL or Akilu, something like that. But um, yeah, we, de- we definitely need to revisit the cornerback uh, position and um, an edge rusher to go. If, if we can get another guy that had, that can in any way be as um, half of a threat as Aiden Hutchinson. That will do wonders for everything, um, including our secondary, To have, to be able to get pressure at a more um, consistent rate. So um, those are the, those are the big ones, but I would say who the best available out of those two positions at the spot that we're at the spot that we're picking at, wherever that is.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, that will wrap it up for this week. I just, uh, okay. Hold on a second. That'll wrap it up for this week. Um, I I don't know how if we're going to do a show. I would love to continue doing this show until the season's end. Um, I was under depression. Like I was just thinking, well, maybe these guys don't want to do the show anymore with this with you know with the playoffs being here. But I would love personally. I would love to be here next Wednesday and any other following Wednesdays as long as I don't care if any team. I don't all the way up to the Super Bowl, if possible. Um, even after that, I wouldn't wouldn't mind. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts, uh, gang, on this uh, show continuing on Wednesday?
3: Oh, everybody's waiting on this show to come, uh, yeah. come Wednesday Wednesday evening, Thursday afternoon. I mean, Thursday morning. This is I, the NFC is looking forward to this. I get all sorts of feedback. They love this show. Great,
2: great. <laughs> even the dog, even the dog get excited. Yeah, uh, Merlin's gotten excited over it. He wants it too. All we need is a Packers contributor though. Yes, if um, if you're listening and you're
1: a Green Bay Packers fan and I pray for you, um, we could use another affiliate uh, effort, just get in contact with any of us um, we'll link you to FFSN and if you're interested in doing a podcast on green Bay, uh, you know, just reach out. I mean, you could even start today if you'd like, I mean, there's still a uh, football season left. We can get you acclimated and anything, any way we could help. Uh, we'll do so pay. Hey, uh, what's, what's your show schedule and what's your show called and where can people find your show and all that good stuff?
3: Oh, <clears throat> Chicago Bears have been in off-season mode for a little while now. So on the over on the Bear Claw Pod, we've got an off-season schedule too to keep up. We are start we have started a series called Justin versus Caleb. It is the biggest debate in in the around the league so far. But so we're gonna have guests on. We're gonna debate this from both sides, and it's gonna it's. Going to be a pretty good time. Outside of that, we're going to hit every every emergency pod when it comes. We hire office coordinator. Expect the show when we when it's time for the draft. Expect a lot of coverage on that. We're also doing deep dive uh, reviews on the offense, the defense, Eberflus, Ryan Poles, acquisitions. So we're going to we're going to keep you in, ent- entertained and engaged as all things Chicago Bears coming up all for the next seven to eight months until it's time to go back to camp. You can always, you can find all this information, all this great content anywhere you get your pods. That is Apple, Spotify, Google, while they're still around, Amazon music, Pandora, Stitcher, tune in all of these places. We are right there for you. Ask Lester, play the bear claw pod. She'll take care of you.
2: Dave, your shows over at Vikings first and skull. We have a series of shows. We have the real forno show with Tyler Fornis executive editor over at Vikings wire for USA today. He comes on, he does quite a bit tonight's the real forno show, which I've talked about before, where we're looking at what's the biggest needs for the Vikings. He has also started and we're well into the skull search series where we're looking at draft profiles of players, Tyler one of his other jobs is writing for the College Football Network. He does draft, has been doing it for years. He sits there, and he watches film after film. He, film. he grinds the tape. He gets the all 22 of the college versions, and he looks at it. He'll be going down here in less than two weeks down to Mobile to cover the Senior Bowl, and then he'll be off to the Combine when that time comes. We've started that last one we did. We published this morning was on Michael Penix Jr. Could Michael Penix Jr. be the next Vikings quarterback? Well, he started off well. He's already worn purple, so not that that's a requirement, but it helps. Daniels, too. Daniels, yeah. Wears purple. Oh, Jaden Daniels, you betcha, baby. And Jaden Daniels is the right color of purple with the gold. So, um, we have that. We have Justin Day who gives his pontifications from a fan's perspective on he's one of our shows one of our podcast only shows and then we have two old bloggers which is myself and darren campbell who have been blogging for over two decades apiece. we do a long form show uh it's more of a sunday type show where you, we're getting into deep topics and this this weekend's topic the first one is uh, about the nfc north are the Vikings falling behind? What are they going to need to do to stay up or surpass everybody in the North? And it's a good question because it looks like we're slipping, slipping, sliding away, even behind the bears. Oh, we mm. haven't seen that as Vikings fans in forever. <laughs> and it's driving us all nuts. But all that can be found over at Vikings First and School, whether it be the YouTube page, whether it be your favorite podcast aggregator, no matter which one it is, and over at Fans First Sports Network, the website under Vikings or VikingsFirstAndSkull.com, you'll find our writings. And we've got a couple of series of the draft profiles already started. So if you're looking to find somebody and you want to see how they might fit, go check it out. Sounds, sounds pretty good. Uh, you can catch me and
1: Foster, uh, Motor City Metrics. That's the YouTube. And you can also subscribe to our new channel, which is Bleachers the Speaker on YouTube. And you can catch us, catch our shows on all podcast streaming platforms, FFSN, uh, Bleachers the Speakers. We also do the Pistons uh, shows. Yes, um, it hurts. We do the Pistons shows. Also the same uh, the name of the show is uh, Post Game Podcast, and you can catch us there on Motor City Metrics uh, as well. And all the same uh, streaming platforms we talked about uh, just FFS, Post Game Podcast at FFSN. You'll find us. Foster, you have anything you want to add? Let's keep this ride going. <laughs> Not ready
4: for the end yet. Guys, I
1: am I am I'm very I feel very privileged working with you guys. Uh even outside of the shows, just the chatting and everything else. So, I appreciate you all and uh I mean, I mean I you know, this is uh this is pretty dope. This is a dope gathering. We need another. We need a Green Bay affiliate though to make it complete though. Next season, I hope uh there's a Green Bay affiliate. We've had two different ones this year and just didn't pan out. Uh, I want you guys to enjoy your evening and uh, have uh, be safe. I don't know how the weather is around your parts of town, but it's going to be snowing here in Detroit, uh, near Detroit. The past next couple of days, it's already cold, but it's going to warm up to 17 degrees, so it can snow. So hang in there. God bless y'all.